there's an inherent risk-taking, uh, you know, a devil-may-care, a cowboyness, cowwomanness in uh, in entrepreneurship. We can do this. We're going to make this happen. And to be able to say, but if we don't, on the board meeting, everyone looks at you and goes, what do you mean, if we don't? Right. Aren't you convicted? That aren't right, you, yeah. Uh, don't you have confidence in your own ability? I'm Scott McGrew. Welcome to Sand Hill Road. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Entrepreneur and venture capitalist Taraj Parang writes, While nearly all entrepreneurs know an acquisition is the most common destiny of a successful startup, they rarely strategize about a potential sale. Instead, they only take exit planning seriously when their startup desperately needs to sell. I, I kind of learned this the hard way myself. Uh, That's Taraj, who created a telephony company called Jackster back in the early 2000s. Uh, you know, since communications is inherently viral, we virally grew. And within a month of our launch, um, we had a million users. And within the first year, we had 10 million users. So things were going really well. And uh, it was a great story. We had uh, up and down Sand Hill Road, we had uh, <laughs> VC in, uh, VCs chasing us really literally <laughs> and had our wish list of investors. Some of them were early investors in Skype, for instance. Um, and uh, we raised $20 million and uh, we were just grow, grow, grow. We, we thought we had it all figured out. Um, we hired the best engineers we could. Uh, we... Uh, uh, sort of didn't pay much attention to monetization because growth was our, uh, you know, mantra, grow, grow, grow. And uh, we wanted to just capture market share and go for that big IPO. Lo and behold, 2008, 2009 downturn hit us, the Great Recession. And so we looked at our books and we realized we have less than a year of runway. And we said, well, okay, well, we'll just go and sell the company. So we had to sell uh, to the first person who expressed interest in us, and that was a fire sale. So uh, the outcome penny, was not, Pennies on the dollar. Pennies on the dollar would actually be even a more generous way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> this week on Sand Hill Road, the exit. So many startup entrepreneurs envision running their companies forever or a big payout with an IPO. But the lesson Taraj is preaching... Selling is not selling out. The sale of your company should be talked about from day one. Bottom line is be prepared to be acquired right away. You had written uh, that yesterday is when you think you should be thinking about <laughs> setting up your exit path. You don't want to be in a panic mode if you need to sell or if that time comes. Yes, that that, that is that is certainly true. Unfortunately, the reality of the situation is that most startup 
entrepreneurs and founders do not take the time and prepare for that. Now, let me challenge you on that because by that reasoning, you're currently the president and COO at Serve Robotics. Yes. You should be prepared to sell it. We, 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 we have an exit strategy, absolutely. We have been building relationships with potential acquirers. Now, we are not building a company to flip. Right, are, so that's, right, that's right. my question, yes. right? Is that it's a hard one to bring up to the board. Yes. It sounds defeatist. Yes. You know, like, hey, maybe we, you know, at least you should have a plan to sell it to Neuro Robotics. And, the, and they say, Neuro, right. those guys, those guys are our competitors. Right, We're right. going to beat those guys. I mean, it's like, it's like looking for the life jackets before you get set off on your yes. cruise. It makes sense. Yes. Or maybe even more extreme, are you a married man? I am a married man, Okay, yes. it's a little like planning for your divorce during your wedding, mm-hmm. isn't it? I, I would say it's a little different. Maybe it is more akin to being on a plane and they tell you where the, <laughs> the, where exits, the, are. Uh, the exits are <laughs> and where the oxygen masks when they drop or what you should do with them. Uh, so it's, it's awareness. It's creating those paths, creating those optionalities for yourself. Now, you may never need to. Um, in fact, if you can do an IPO, fantastic. If you have acquirers at the door when you are going public, yeah, your IPO is going to be so much more successful, right? Um, so uh, the point here is not to build to sell, but to build with the option to sell. Yes, right. Yes. Having that option makes you a much stronger start. There are really two exit paths. Well, there are three if you consider bankruptcy and <laughs> and you know. Uh, but the two desirable exit paths uh, for most companies are either going to be to be re- acquired or to to have an IPO. But statistics will tell us that acquisition is way way more likely. Absolutely, acquisitions actually happen to be. Uh, thir- for every IPO, there are 30 acquisitions every year. So way more likely. And many would even argue that IPOs are not an exit because in a way, it's just another fundraising event. True. Uh, you're just raising more money. A lot of companies, after they go public, they get acquired. Um, uh, happened to PayPal, for instance. Uh, so um, it's true. There are there are multiple exit paths. Again, um, much better to have those viable options than to find yourself uh, in a downturn or in any any situation. Even if you're doing well, you have an inbound acquisition interest. Mm-hmm. If you're not prepared, you haven't thought about it, you could make a lot of mistakes. You could leave a lot of money on the table by either acting or not acting on that offer. And then choosing the right one is is such an, a fascinating decision. Uh, yes. Uh, Jay Chaudhry of Zscaler is a regular guest of mine. There was a point at which Cisco off- offered him $2 billion uh, for, for Zscaler. He said no. This company was built to be a lasting public company. Jay Chaudhry and me back in 2018. Well, and you were right to take it public. Was there a moment? Because that's my what I'm saying is I am so conservative. I think the minute somebody gave me a reasonable number, right. but you had it. You must have known this company was worth far more on the public market. Yes, we think it will be worth a lot more than it is today. Jay made that prediction when Zscaler was worth about four and a half billion. It's now worth twenty three billion. Andrew Mason, uh, you'll recall, of Groupon, Google offered him $6 billion, or almost $6 billion wow. for Groupon. Wow. And he said no. Wow. And that turned out to be a, a, a major mistake. It was, it, it's worth a, a few hundred million. So making the right decision as to which way you're going to exit becomes critical. Absolutely. And that takes a lot of thinking. 
takes a lot of brainstorming with your leadership team, with your board. That's why those conversations are so important. In fact, I wrote an article for HBR just this last month talking about this phenomenon called an exit taboo, I call it. Yeah. Because there are so many misunderstandings and so many uh, uh, signaling problems between entrepreneurs and their board and stakeholders around this topic of an exit that gets in the way of having that productive dialogue. Well, it's because, I mean, there's a, there's an inherent risk-taking, uh, you know, a devil-may-care, a cowboyness in or cowwomanness in uh, in entrepreneurship. We can do this. We're going to make this happen. Uh, devil-may-care. We're going to do it. And, and to be able to say, but if we don't, on the board meeting, everyone looks at you and goes, what do you mean, if we don't? Right. Aren't you convicted? That, aren't right, you, yeah. Uh, don't you have confidence in your own ability? Yes. So it's, it's that conversation that's so important to say that, look, I am totally invested in our mission. I believe this is our mission. We want to do X, Y, and Z. And sometimes the best way to achieve that mission is to partner with a strategic ally, with more resources, with more funding, etc., that can accelerate achievement of that. that. Those are the great exits, the ones that take you along your mission and make it more uh, realistic. Um, I feel like a lot of board members can get behind that, but it has to be within the right context. It's not because I want to make a quick flip or it's it's not a get-rich-quick scheme, right? right. It's, it's a mission execution strategy. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Now, there are a lot of companies to looking to buy at this point. It's kind of a good time to be thinking about acquisition because of inflationary pressures. I mean, companies have cash that they are sitting on that is not doing them any good, that it would be better to, for them to spend now than later. Absolutely. Cash is losing value. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, uh, you know, uh, investments hopefully gain value. So it makes so much sense. The problem is psychology again. Uh, uh, it, it seems like in a downturn where valuations are cash. depressed, yeah. people are, are less, uh, but savvy acquirers are very busy right now. They are out there, they're making deals happen, and they're getting a great, great outcome as a result of that. And investors the same way. You know, um, a lot of uh, venture capital investors on Sand Hill Road are not investing, but this is the best time to invest. A lot of great companies have come out of downturns because you find 
great talent right now. You can finally find talent again. Mm-hmm. You know, even at my company, Serve Robotics, we had a heck of a time finding great people last year. But this year, this summer has been amazing. So we've been on a hiring spree, right? Uh, so this is the time to dabble down. There are some voices out there, like Ali Partovi from Neo, who's one of our lead investors. Um, he's been very voiceful about it, that this is the time to dabble down, not to be conservative. Taraj has written much of this advice in a new book, Exit Path, How to Win the Startup Endgame. I was uh, walking through a bookstore and there was, there was uh, your book. Um, I thought, hey, that's cool. I'm, I'm about to sit down with him and, and chat with him about his book. But it must be very exciting as an author, even as a successful person in Silicon Valley who's had a number of successes outside of writing a book, to walk through a Barnes & Noble and then say, hey, wait a sec, that's mine. It's really, really exciting. And, and the exciting for me is the fact that other entrepreneurs get to benefit from the hard lessons I have learned and and there are things that every entrepreneur can do to actually tilt these grim odds in their favor in the startup world right and and it just can be as small as just doing some networking every week it has been it has been a labor of love I've had multiple uh, jobs and I wasn't able to dedicate full time to writing a book so it took me about four or five years mm-hmm. to get this from start to finish but I'm, I'm so glad, glad it's out there Taraj Parang, president and COO at Serve Robotics, advisor at Pair VC, and author of Exit Path. Next week on Sand Hill Road. It was incredibly unusual and uncool to use a computer. You'd rather have people who were writing poetry, smoking cigarettes at a bar or at a cafe, than people, you know, nerding out on computers. S.C. Moadi, founding partner at Mighty Capital. That's next week. Sandhill Road is produced by Sean Myers under the leadership of Sarah Bueno and Stephanie Adruni. For more interviews with Silicon Valley's most influential entrepreneurs, check me out on TV at Press Here. That's Sunday mornings on NBC Bay Area and everywhere in the world on iTunes and at PressHereTV.com.